Gina Garcia, and I am so excited to be sharing faith with the queen today. And when you guys dive into this podcast, you're going to be like, okay, now I get why she called her the queen. Okay. Um, I am putting on the beautiful women from 510 South. It is a marketing group that we are a part of. Javier Castillo is the CEO and he is all of our mentors and our best friends and our therapists. And so there are just some very powerful women up in this brand. And I'm just like, I'm ready to put them on. So today sharing this space with me is Toby Hassan, y'all. She is a beautiful woman, not only in corporate America, but she is on a mission to inspire young women, especially women of color, um, in fitness and travel, while she is sharing her experiences and obstacles, wins, losses, all of the things. So let me just tell you though, okay, when I first met Toby, I was like, ooh, this girl's all about the business. Like she was coming in, she had this like calm demeanor, but yeah, I knew she was about the business. And then when we shared time together and there was a lunch that we had together as a team and my heart just imploded because the things that this woman has been through and pushed through and survived through like y'all think that you've been through some struggles and she is still knocking them out of the park so i ain't even gonna talk no more i'm just gonna let her come in and tell you who she is and what she about and just start having this beautiful conversation so thank you for tuning in and thank you toby aka toby yonce for being here with us today Oh my gosh, Tina, that was like the most amazing intro. I feel like I can go home now. Like, (laughs) 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 Exactly. I could take my bow and just exit stage left. But no, that was awesome. So thank you so much, first and foremost, for, you know, having me on your platform, just recognizing, you know, I don't want to say recognizing greatness, because I don't want to toot my own horn, but just really just recognizing, you know, women who, who, who are on a mission, women who, you know, are more than just doing the nine to five, they want to, and, and along with more than just doing the nine to five, they want to, you know, bring others along with them and empower others. So I really appreciate that. So, um, you know, a little bit about me, as Christina mentioned, I am Toby, aka Toby Yonce. Um, I, I am from originally from Lagos, Nigeria. Uh, but you can tell by my accent, I've been here for a long time, but don't worry, I can switch it up just like that. <laughs> you know, and um, I've been in the States since I was about three or so um, from the D- D.C., Maryland area, currently living in Tucson, Arizona, where I've been for a little over five years. And who knows, I may be making I might be making another move really soon. So we will see. But yes, yes. But I'm definitely, um, you know, just excited about this podcast and really just excited about sharing my story, sharing my mission and most importantly, sharing myself with that all of you. Oh, my gosh. Y'all. Okay. So let's get into it. Let's talk about your journey here in America. Like, how did you land here? Are you the first generation of your family to end up in the States? Do you want to get into that already? Sure, we can. So I'm technically not a first generation American because I wasn't born here, but like if and when I have children, they'll be first generation, but um, came to the States with my mom, my brother and myself uh, when I was about three years old. So of course, I don't remember much of it, but um, you know, uh, we're from Nigeria, third world country where, you know, it's, it's not the worst place. However, compared to America, there, there are definitely lots of opportunities. And you're not saying that this place is the greatest either, but you know, my, my, my mom saw it fit to bring 
bring us here. My sister was a little older than us. So she stayed there and was in school and she stayed with my dad who was, you know, there as well. And three of us came here in the States when I was about three. And from there, um, you know, we just grew up here. Like the, the only life I know is really America. While I'm very Nigerian and I go back and visit my family, you know, if you saw me or if you spoken if you spoke to me you wouldn't know unless i told you unless you saw how long my name actually is that <laughs> that i am a nigerian so so yeah that's how i ended up here in the states and you know life for me has not been a crystal stare i will say that you know i've 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 gone through a lot of hardships and struggle to get to where i am today you know just everything from dealing with things such as immigration um dealing with you know things such as my mom being deported unfortunately at a very young age and you know just having to deal with all types of hardships, you know, having to be a, a young child and deal with things like that, but then also focus on things such as school, getting getting straight A's, making sure you do well so you can go to college and do better for yourself and for your family, but still having that in your mind, like, man, like, I don't really have a family and I don't really know how I'm going to maneuver through life, but I have to because I don't have any other alternatives. Oh my gosh, girl. And, and how, when you say young, like how young are we talking here? 10. I was 10 oh, years old. 10, uh, 10 when your mom got deported. Yeah. That's, oh my good y'all. Imagine where were you at at 10 years old? Cause now when I think about me at 10 years old, at 10 years old, my family got a divorce and my parents made us decide who we wanted to live with both the, the eldest. So I was 10, mm-hmm. my brother was eight and girl, that decision by itself was a lot. <laughs> so I can't even imagine what it looked like at 10 years old having to pick yourself up, not have a parental figure. And this is how, this is what touched my heart, y'all. The first time that Toby told me about this story, I was just so taken back, not only by her passion that she had to succeed in spite of the struggle, because I, I mean, I look at my son and I'm always like, there, there's no way that I could ever imagine having to be stripped away from my child at any age And then let alone knowing that they're having to fend for themselves. Now, thank goodness you did have a community of people that took you in, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my, um, my aunt, who was also like my mom's best friend, um, she took us in, you know, may she rest in peace. Unfortunately, she did pass a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. but um, she took us in, which she didn't have to, you know, that's, that's, that's a lot to, to, to ask for, for someone to do for children that aren't their own. And it was at the time, it was three of us, because our sister had already been here by then. So she already had her own son. Now she's taken in three more. That's, that's four kids. And, you know, one, it takes a huge sacrifice for a mom to, to leave us here, knowing that, you know, we would we would do better staying here and our lives would be much better staying here as opposed to taking us back with her because she was given that option. Um, luckily for us, we were we were in school when it happened. So we didn't really see how everything transpired. But, you know, had had that been a Saturday or had we not been in school or been home from school, who knows where I would be today? Wow. So, you know, you know, I think about the sacrifices that my mom made just just in a split second, just making a decision. I'm just going to leave all three of my kids behind you know, knowing that I probably won't see them for at least 10 years, at least. And it was much longer than that. But, um, Mm. you know, it's, it's tough. And at 10 years old, you don't know what's going on. You're just like, what mom went to Nigeria, like, wait, she would have had this conversation with me. I'm confused. What's going on? Why are we bringing our things here? You know, so it's just a lot of confusion, a lot of uncertainty. And, you know, because you're so young, adults 
don't really understand how mature some children are. And I feel like I was a bit more mature. I feel like had it been explained in the right way, I would have understood, but it took me years later to really understand what happened and say, man, that's really messed up. And, um, you know, I look at things now and I see things that are news and I see families being displaced and separated. And I'm like, you know, when I think of the term immigrant, people always assume it's just people that just come across the border from Mexico. Immigrants come in all shapes and sizes, all looks, we all look differently. So, you know, when, when people assume we're stereotype immigrants in a certain way, I'm like, no, like the person that's your, your coworker that's sitting right next to you could, could well easily be an immigrant who, you know, was brought here as a, a minor and didn't know that they overstayed their welcome or didn't know any of those things. And that unfortunately was the case for us. But again, our mom wasn't doing anything bad. She just wanted to get a better life for her family and her she wanted to put her kids in a position that was going to help them succeed long term. Gosh, that sacrifice for both ends. And then not even having someone to be able to like explain to you like really what's yeah. going on. You know, when you're 10, you're literally still developing in your own way you're barely what are where are you in 10 like you're like fifth grade fifth grade yeah like girl I'm still trying to learn what like algebra x plus y equals z or exactly whatever. <laughs> exactly and then, Look, and then that was a time where we didn't have communication like we have today we didn't have facetime we didn't even just calling people on the phone was expensive like imagine getting having to find a money to get a calling card to find to to talk to somebody all the way across the world, you know, like that yeah. was damn near impossible in the nineties. So um, 100%, yeah, same thing for us. Like whenever yeah. I call my dad in the Philippines or my brothers and sisters, I would have to go to the Asian market. that was like clear across town and get my mom to get me a calling <laughs> card that had like 15 minutes on it for like $20. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it was, you know, it's, it's a, it's a luxury that we take for granted these days, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. now with everything going on. It's like, we have like, I find it hard that people don't communicate with their families or don't have a close relationship because it's like, it's so easy. The internet is practically free. It's so easy to communicate with people now. So, you know, I think about the times where I couldn't communicate and how I would have, I just yearned to speak to my my mom or my dad. Like we, it would be times where we probably went months without talking to them because one, we're kids. So it's not like we had money to just go get, you know, go to the phone and call them, (laughs) you know, and and then also they didn't want to put that type of stress on us because we were children and, you know, we're all just a year apart. So I was 10. I was, my brother was 11. My sister was 12. So we wow. were all children when this happened. Jeez, that is incredible. The word that comes to me when I hear your story is resilience. Yeah. Mother fucking resilience. And now I see you are this beautiful, freaking successful woman working in corporate America. I don't know if you want to tell people what you do, but in the midst of you doing that and climbing up the like, because did you go to college? Yes, I did. Okay. You so did I went to, to school in DC. Yeah, I went to school in DC, Howard University, and I'm actually um, in the MBA program now at the University of Arizona, the global campus, which is great because my employer is um, supporting me through that. So it's 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 good to have to be in a place where you don't have to worry about student loans. So yes, that's <laughs> smart. That is so smart. Take advantage of those benefits that your company is like fulfilling you with. Okay, yeah. so you went to college, worked your way up, right? You worked your yeah. way up in the company, and how long have you been with the company you're with? Uh, for a little over 12 years. And it's, it's crazy how I started. I literally, I was in school, like almost about to finish. And, you know, I had a toothache. No lie. I literally, 
I had a toothache and I was like, man, I really need to find a job that has benefits. This is, be, you know, this is before the Affordable Care Act. And of course, my parents still live here. So it's not like I could get under their insurance. Right. So I'm like, man, I need benefits because I need to get rid of this toothache. That was really how I got my job. So I reached out to a relative who had worked for the company and I was like, hey, is your job hiring? And he was like, yeah, actually, I, I could talk to HR for you. I think they're hiring. You're going to be working in a call center. I had no idea what the call center was. <laughs> And they're like, they're like, yeah, you're going to be doing um, cable phone and internet repair. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, you know, troubleshooting over the phone. I said, I don't know what that is, but is there benefits? <laughs> is, is there benefits associated with, do I get health care? Because I got a toothache. <laughs> they're like, oh, oh yeah. You... Commitment? That is focus. <laughs> that is what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So, so, you know, I got the job and. I was like, wow, there's benefits. And of course, you know, it's an entry level position. So like mm -hmm. literally like the lowest, lowest, lowest on the totem pole in the company, which I look back at it. I'm so grateful because 12 years later, you know, the amount of things that I've learned in the different departments that I've worked in and the working my way up from just being a frontline call center employee to now, you know, working for our headquarters office in Philadelphia, you know, in management, that that's a huge accomplishment. And a lot Gosh, of people don't make huge. it that far. Yeah. Huge. And again, and again, I'm going through all this while, you know, my mom's still, you know, in Nigeria, hadn't been back. Dad's still there, you know, so it's, it's, it's a lot to deal with when you're, when you, you want to make it, you want to be successful, you want to take care of your toothache, but you also still got a family <laughs> back home struggling. <laughs> so then did you find yourself like most, I feel like a lot of my friends who had family still back in the, in a different country, sending money to them regularly is that what you were doing too as well mm -hmm. till this day that hasn't yeah. stopped <laughs> and it that that doesn't stop <laughs> yeah and, but you know what you know when you're younger and when you're not where you want to be financially you know no one really is but it's like oh my gosh why am I doing this why am I doing this but then when you get older I know for me when I when I went back for the first time a few years ago, you know, one, it had been almost 20 years since I'd seen my mom, one. Wow. And two, you don't realize how bad of a situation. I don't want to say bad because my parents aren't, you know, living in poverty or anything, but still just the difference between a third world country and America is huge. Like huge. there's a major difference. So you see, you know, these situations that people are in and it's like, man, I have to do more. I'm not doing enough. It makes mm -hmm. you think like, man, have I really been a crappy daughter? And, you know, unbeknownst to me, I haven't been, but you just, you just, you know, beat yourself up like, damn, I could have been doing more this whole time, or mm -hmm. I could have been hustling more, you know, especially considering the sacrifices they made to put us where we are today. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That impact, that drive and impact. I think it's so crucial, which I think is going to get into the next topic, but it's so crucial for us to have these experiences of dipping ourselves into different cultures, different countries, because you really don't understand what it looks like in a third world country and how good you really got it in America, unless you're allowing yourself to dip in these places, like in the heart of these places, not just going to like these resorts, right? Because you can go exactly to resorts anywhere, but are you submerging yourself in culture and experience and I have a feeling that for you and traveling that that's what it like kind of does for you. Yeah, it does. It does. Especially considering for so long, I couldn't do it, you know, mm -hmm. because, because of my, you know, my legal situation, I couldn't really go anywhere besides the 50 States. Right. Mm -hmm. So with the, when I was finally able to, to, to leave, 
I took full advantage of it. I made sure I went, not just went to resorts. I'm not even a fan of resorts because of my experiences. Sure. Um, it, I just going into the communities, doing, you know, outreach programs, mm-hmm. taking things there, meeting people, learning about their cultures, eating the food, dancing, just all those things, just really submerging myself in the culture. And I've never had that ma- the mentality that like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared to go to this place. Something's going to happen to me. Anything can happen to me walking down the street here, Amen. you know? So yeah. I'm like, listen, if I'm going to spend all this money to get here, I'm going to act like I am a local. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you want to mingle with the locals because you want to exactly. get that like real energy feel. I know like for my son, when he gets old enough and who knows what the situation is going to look like moving forward, which I, I'm curious to know what you think, mm-hmm. but I, I want him to be focused on creating these experiences together and how yeah. can we switch it to not gifting material items not that there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with their materialistic gift but to really transition into an idea like let's have these experiences in other places and countries mm-hmm. and states and whatever so we can cultivate this like I don't know, like just this open-minded attitude. Cause I think that's what it does when you travel. It just opens exactly. your mind and you're just like, wow, what I thought was possible back at home. Look how these people in these third world countries that don't have anything are mm-hmm. making it work with literal scraps of like cardboard from the side of the streets, like living near the river as a resource so they can shit, shower and like sleep in the same place, you know, mm-hmm. like all of that. Yep. So- yeah, and then you say all that. And then I think about those people that I've seen in those situations where I'm like, man, they have nothing. One thing they all had was peace and happiness. Mm. Everyone, no matter where you go, the person that you think is living in the most, in the worst condition, they're still happy. They're still grateful. They still have a smile on their face. And I really wish more people here, especially people of color, because as I've traveled, I always notice I'm like one of the only black people on the plane. So I want us to change that. But it's like, when you when you travel and you see that people are so happy with the bare minimum, it makes you really appreciate things in life. It makes you want to do better and put a smile on other people's face and you know face and try to be positive because it's like if this person who literally lives in a cardboard box can smile and wave at me and just be happy with eating sardines every day, who am I to be upset because I can't you know go somewhere where I have to wear a mask <laughs> or like my internet isn't fast enough. Exactly. You know how many times I tell myself, like, God dang it, this damn internet is so slow. And I'm always like, first more problems here. I exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it is a real struggle, but it's also like, okay, like I would never know that there's anything else to compare it to had I not dove into that. So like, what is your vision when it comes to like inspiring other women, especially black women? And I love that you bring up that you pay attention to when you're on a plane and you're like, I'm the only brown person in here because I think that women of color, that's something that I pay attention to everywhere I go. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And um, for me, so it's interesting, not only was I just excited about traveling because, you know, I was finally in a position where I could, I made it a purpose to find a job that was going to allow me to travel for free. So, so my previous role, I did um, learning and development training. So I was a trainer for the company, trainer for the company. And that's what actually brought me from Maryland to Arizona. And they were like, oh yeah, you're going to be training. The job's about 50% travel. I'm like, oh word. And you guys are paying for it. So I was like, you know, it was one, it was something that I love to do because I've been with the company for so long and I learned so much. I'm like, everything that I learned, I want to train other people. And that's what Mm -hmm. I did. But also I want to not just, I felt like I was limiting myself by just staying in Maryland and only training 
people locally. Like I wanted to, to travel across the country and meet other people and have an impact in different footprints, not just the one footprint. So that's what I did. But that really opened my mind up to travel. Like, man, you know, you're traveling as, as a corporate traveler. Then you start to look around and you're like, one, I'm one of the only black people on this plane. And two, I'm always the only black person in first class. Mm. and it's to the it's to the point and it's to the point where it sometimes it's I don't want to say it upsets me but for a while it did because other people that are in first class primarily white businessmen they always overlook you or act like you don't exist or try to walk past you in the you know in the line because they assume like there's no way this person can be in first class Mm. and then you know when you shut up like uh okay Tom back up this I'm I'm right here this is my spot It's, 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 they, they had that look of shock on their face. Like, oh, who, who is she? What does she do? Like, are you an entertainer? Like, I've been asked all types of questions. Like, what do you do? Are you like, why is it that people that look like me can't just, you know, be privy to these things in life? Why do we have to do something extraordinary just to get the, the bare minimum? Yep. Yep. I think you bring up such a valid point that again, only if you're of color, do you actually experience because it's still a real thing. White privilege is still a real thing. And the uh, depictions that they place or they put on us based on the color of our skin is so strong. And I love that you're also about changing the perspective of that, of, hey, I could be black, empowered, and fucking successful sitting in first class, okay? And I think that is such an inspiration. I also love that you're like, I'm trying to like be everywhere. I don't want to just limit myself to locally. Like I have so much more to give. So like acknowledging the fact that you have the ability to create impact. I'm sure that has a lot to do with also knowing starting from a young age, you had almost nothing and you pushed yourself into something much greater than you could ever imagine. So like your limitations, you had to think bigger. You had to look beyond your limitations because you're like, holy crap, like what, where am I going to go from here? Like I literally have zero to work with, but I'm, I'm going to create that. Like you were a creator in that. And I think that's important for listeners to take note of that you could come from nothing and still have this vision to create luxury and love and impact and be of color, which is huge. And I love that you're paving that way and you're showing that it's possible because you're like the living tangibleness of that. And I love that you're like, I can't just be contained locally. Like I'm trying (laughs) to spread my Toby Beyonce magic around the world. Like (laughs) (laughs) in a box. So yeah, so then how, so then let's get back to your vision. So you, you have this beautiful vision of incorporating fitness and travel. So when it comes to travel, like what do you see helping, how do you see yourself helping women incorporate that into their lives? You know, women of color who want to do this, but have no idea how, or don't even understand what it can do for themselves. Yeah. So, so in this, in the travel space is a little difficult now and complicated because of COVID, but it's not impossible. It's not impossible. So, you know, my goal and my plan and what I do now is really just help women of color, just, just really find what works for them. Mm -hmm. Like, like for some people, they have not left where they live. They've never left a state. They've never Mm -hmm. been on a plane. Like I've talked to so many people that have said it, they've never been on a plane before. I'm like, how is that even possible? But, you know, the thing is a lot of people just, I don't want to call it ignorance, but some people just unaware. Some people don't know how to go about doing it. Comfortable. You know, yeah, a lot of people are comfortable. But the biggest thing and what I had to learn years ago was that, you know, it's okay to travel alone. And mm. I'm really just trying to get into that space of teaching women that, yeah, you want to be make sure you're safe and protected, but 
stop waiting on your friends. Stop mm-hmm. waiting on your brother and sister. Stop waiting on people to go places. Because if you keep waiting, guess what? Your ass is going to be in the house. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> it's true. So, so even if it's just, let's say, for example, I live in Tucson. Let's say, you know, I want to do something different for the weekend. Okay, let me just drive up to the Grand Canyon or drive up to Scottsdale. Start small, start locally, or even just doing staycations in your city is mm-hmm. is is something different. So once you start to get a, a taste of something like that, and again, you don't have to have a lot of money to do these things. There's so many resources out there. You know, you have secretflying.com, you have, you know, Groupon. There's so many resources out there available to us that hell, you can get a plane ticket for $11 if you really wanted to. <laughs> Tell us the secrets, girl. Tell us the secrets. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 loads of like I know one thing that I do that that helps me is like I always check Secret Flying. I follow them on Twitter. I have my notifications on. So as soon as they post something, including airfares, and I'll explain what an airfare is. So let's say, you know, the airline puts a deal out to go from New York to Morocco. Somebody at the airline accidentally, instead of making it $500, they forgot to add less, zero. So the ticket is now $50, right? So. So what happens is that, you know, those airfares, most of the time, they if you purchase it, they accept it because that was their mistake and not your mistakes. So when you follow sites that post things like that, such as Secret Flying, such as the Points Guy, you know, such as um, the Flight Deal, those are all different sites or, you know, you want to go and follow them on Twitter or social media, do that. Um, you know, you see those airfares and you book it. And honestly, Sometimes you may not know, like, oh, I'm going to have time off in October. You don't know. You don't know what's going to happen in October. But, you know, there's no harm in purchasing a $50 ticket right now for something that's going to happen in October. You know, let's say something happens and you get pregnant and you can't go. It was $50, not $500. (laughs) Yeah, take a chance on yourself. I hear you saying, like, take take a chance chance on yourself. Yeah. So do you remember the first time you purchased your first ticket in first class? Like, what was that like for you? One, it was exciting because it wasn't my money so again because as a corporate that that's always the best like when it's not your money but it was for me it had been it was like a reward to myself because in order to get like upgraded to first class you have to fly so many times so I'm flying you know almost on a weekly basis and I'm like okay I'm just in coach I'm just in coach but I'm doing this every week oh my gosh this is getting crazy okay I might have got upgraded from regular coach to to the emergency row okay that's cool this is a little leg room even though I'm sure I don't really need it, but this is cute. Like, all right, now I'm closer to the, I'm getting closer to the front of the plane. And then finally you get the status that are like, oh, you know, we're going to upgrade you to first class. I remember looking like I have arrived <laughs> and it wasn't like in a sense, and it wasn't in the sense that I was like, I'm better than everybody else, but it's like, I worked my butt off and I earned this and I deserve to be here. So I'm going to make it known that I am, I'm supposed to be here. And when I tell you I upgraded myself and I saying that I was a bum before, but when I first started traveling for work, I didn't understand how important your airport drip or your airport attire was. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, totally so got I'm it just... down. She got it down. You can follow her on Instagram, which we'll give to you later, but she got the drip down. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, you know what? I got I to gotta look like I belong here, make sure I got my heels, my cute little outfit, my nice little luggage. And boy, I was I was stepping with the big dogs at that point. Yeah, <laughs> but it was, was it was like, just a... okay, who you is? 
pissed. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was just a great feeling just just being there. And and it also feels good when you get acknowledged by people like pilots mm-hmm. and 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 the, the flight attendants because you're so used to seeing a certain demographic in first mm-hmm. class or or business travelers. So like when you see a young, you know, black flight attendant, um, you know, they're like, wow, you know, and it's not like they're like, well, what are you doing here? It's more so like, wow, how did you get here? Teach me your, your secrets, really. Yes. Um, you know, I remember I was going to Miami or Fort Lauderdale for a trip and I met a flight attendant and we instantly just clicked and like literally we, we had lunch with each other the next day because, wow. you know, she was so intrigued with, you know, my story, but I was also intrigued with her. I'm like, man, you get to go everywhere. And, you know, so it was just great just to share that experience with someone who looked like me and want to know like, man, how did you get here? Because everyone that I service every single day, they look totally opposite from you. They're usually old white men over 50. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my, I love that you're switching it up. And I also really want to acknowledge the flight attendant or was it a flight attendant or was it another individual? Flight attendant. Yeah, that took interest in getting to know you. I think that's the biggest difference in our time now, especially with all of this racism traveling around. It's like, how much are you getting to know the person next to you who looks different Mm -hmm. than you? And that is like a perfect prime example of how we as just citizens of the United States can really change the game of racism. It's like, how much are you really taking the time to get to know the person that's sitting next to you? Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would definitely agree. And one thing that actually sparked, um, sparked my, you know, attention or just, just, it was brought like to my attention about traveling is, you know, prior to COVID, you know, I was traveling every single week. Like literally I, like I think in 2019, I flew on 157 flights. That's how insane I was traveling. Um, and it wasn't until after the George Floyd, you know, and the racial tensions, you know, came up and Breonna Taylor that no one, you know, when I traveled prior to all that happening, no one, as many times as I traveled, has ever offered to put my suitcase up top. Nobody. And again, I'm in first class with a bunch of older white guys. No one has ever. As soon as that happened, the first time I traveled after that, multiple people were asking me, oh, can I help you? And I, and I appreciated it. I'm like, yeah, I appreciate, you know, you being chivalrous, but I'm like, had you know, this not been brought to light and how black people and black and brown people are being treated, would you have ever offered to help me or lift my bag up? Granted, I got mm-hmm. muscles and all, I could do it myself, but still it's like, She's strong, I appreciate She's the, strong. I appreciate, right. I appreciate the concern, but why did it take something like this for you to notice me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think the pandemic threw out a bunch of curveballs, bunch of curveballs. And even though it took that for it to happen, I'm glad that it did. So people could start paying attention. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on a second. I'm going to pause this real quick. Okay. All right. We back, we back, we back. We have to take a intermission because technology talking about first world problems, internet be acting all kinds of funky. (laughs) Tell me about it. All right, girl. So let's jump back in. We were talking about first class, being a black woman after the pandemic, you know, finally white men were actually helping you put your luggage up in to the, to the cubbies on the top, the cubbies. Can you tell my mama, I just called it a cubby. <laughs> no judgment, no judgment. We're not going to judge you. It's just, just the overhead bin space. Like they seem. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. See, I guess I need to be traveling a little bit more. <laughs> um, okay. So then I, <laughs> Right. So, okay. So now I want to know, 
as a traveler, as a as a one woman who's traveled 157 or 170 times, I think you said in one year, what do you think it's going to look like moving forward for us who still want to travel internationally and domestically? I guess. Yeah. So you know, because of COVID, I've had to take a huge break from traveling, which was hard for me doing it for so long, for so many years. You know, and imagine doing that every single week. It's like it's becomes a part of who you are. So that can toll mental health, you know, but um, I think, you know, for those of us who are to traveling, there's still possibilities. People are doing it now, you know, at this point, I'm like to each, to each his own. But, you know, I know for a fact that going back to the space of traveling 100%, you know, back to life is, is unusual in the travel space is going to be totally different. Um, mm-hmm. Some countries such as Iceland are already making it a requirement to have a vaccine in order to enter that happened to do you know automatic 14-day quarantine so I see that being the norm and you know honestly if you think about it there's some countries like you know if you think about countries in Africa yellow fever you in order to get into certain countries you have to have a yellow fever vaccine card so it wouldn't be the first time that it's been done it's just for people you know like us that have been in America and just so used to like living life freely and going where we, where we want to go so telling someone that they have to have a vaccine that's going is, is going to be tough. But um, I will say I was one of those people who didn't want the vaccine uh, mm-hmm. because I'm like, no. And if you think about, you know, history and, you know, things that have been done in the past, especially the people, you know, of color, like, oh, I don't want a vaccine, a vaccine. But, you know, the more you know, I'm seeing, you know, it impacting people and people dying and, and, and just us not being able to live like, like we're used to, I am like, okay, sign me up. Because if that means I can go see my family in Nigeria, who I haven't seen since before the pandemic, literally haven't seen my parents since January 1st of 2020. That's when I left mm-hmm. Nigeria and I haven't seen like, but that's what it's going to take for me to see my family again, period. Absolutely. I hear you. I think that when it comes to the vaccine, everybody's entitled to make whatever decision they think is best for themselves. And I'm a big supporter of that. So yeah, especially when it means like, is this a one, is this a one block that I have to be able to see my family? And we already know just hearing your story now that you don't do blocks. You're like, oh, there's a block. I'm going to work my way around it. So (laughs) Exactly. Listen, all the time. I will. Where there's a will, there's a way. I will figure it out. Besides, I want to be on somebody's beach, you know, having a hot girl summer. So, uh, okay. <laughs> if that means you got to vaccinate, you got to vaccinate me in order for me to be on the beach. That's totally fine. <laughs> Get it, girl. Get it. Ain't no shame in your game. So let's talk about this beach body because exactly. you already know, girl. I've seen your pictures in Hawaii. Where were you just at recently? Were you in Texas just recently? Yeah, yeah I was in Houston. Okay, but it was Hawaii that you were strutting your stuff in your bikini and looking all good. So tell me your fitness journey and how you ended up having this passion to really want to help other women do that as well. Like attain, obtain this, like this goddess body that's not even about appearance, just appearance, right? It's so much more than that. So like get into that with us. Like tell us about how that kind of sparked your passion and creating impact in that industry. Yeah, absolutely. So if you were someone who just went on my social media today, you'd be like, man, this girl's so fit. She's all about fitness. Now, if you saw me a few years ago, you wouldn't have said, you've been saying the same thing. And so one thing about me and just my, you know, background, you know, my, I 
I come from a family we have we have health issues. You know, my my grandfather, my my mom's side, you know, he passed from diabetes. My mom's sister, she passed from diabetes. We have history of high blood pressure protection, you know, diabetes. And you know, people on my mom's side of the family who I take after tend to be on the bigger side, you know. Mm. And you know, for a while when I was really cool, I was active. So it never really helped me. Uh, even in college, you know, I went to an HBCU and I was in the marching band. And if you know anything about a black school in a marching band, that's like being on a football team because we have practice and we have working out every single day. So I've seen, I I've seen your guys' when that stopped. Yeah, I've seen your guys' workouts. Exactly. Ain't no joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, and then when you get older, like for me, yeah, I might have gotten my toothache fixed, but then I started to get because I'm down at the desk all day, every day. You know, how much that impacted you? So I took it, which was the toothache, but then I started to get fat. And I'm like, okay, okay, now this is just not okay. I remember um, I was about 21 or 22, went to a doctor's appointment, just a regular checkup, and she took my blood pressure. And it was the moment I said, okay, I got to change. She told me literally, your blood pressure is so high, I can hospitalize you right now. Imagine oh being gosh. like 22, being told that. Yeah, especially knowing your family history. I'm like, okay. And she, I'm like, she was like, well, I can prescribe you a medication, but then you're going to be on it for the rest of your life. So either you can or you work towards changing it. And that changing your diet, you know, eating, you know, the right things, working out. So it was at that moment where I was like, I have to make a change. I, I cannot be like this for the rest of my life. And granted, it took me years, like I'm, you know, 33 now. So it took me years to really find what worked for me. I was always a yo-yo dieter, trying this bad diet, trying to go into this gym, going to this trainer. That was just my thing and because I didn't know any better. But then I started to, to learn, you know, surround myself with the people that are, are you know, embodying what I want to do and where I want to be. But it also teaching myself about myself and my body. Like, I know that what works, what might work for Tina may not work for me. And I know that what works for me may not work for the same person that I'm trying to help out. Mm -hmm. So it took me a while to, to figure out what that was for me, but also more importantly, falling in love with it. Because it's one thing to just say, I'm just going to the gym, but it's like, if you're not fully in, you know, in love with it, it's, it's you're not, you're not going to see a change, but then also you have to change your mental. Um, so for me, it, it took not just, you know, saying I'm going to, I want to lose weight. It was, I had to change my mindset. Like I had to, to really hone in on, you know, what it is that I want to accomplish, but then also it's, it's okay to pray about it too. It's not being selfish. If you, if it's not being selfish. It's like, this is something you want. You, we pray about all the goals and all the things we want. Lord, make me rich. Okay, Lord, you know, give me a six pack. How about that? <laughs> then, <laughs> How about you find this, me a way <laughs> to clear whatever mental exactly. space that I'm not making for myself so I can have that six pack. Exactly. Yeah. If that's your goal, if you exactly, want a six pack. But it, Exactly. But also to that point, faith without work is dead. So it's one mm. thing to say, this is, I want to be here. I'm, I'm going to put this vision for this perfect body. But if I'm doing the same shit every day and not doing anything to change it, uh, it's just going to be a picture up on a wall. That's it. It's It took me a while to get here. Yeah, exactly. It took me yeah. a while to get there, especially with the traveling and, you know, trying to trying to really because, again, I'm traveling every week. So it's not like I can just go to the store and cook my own meal. It's it's one thing to try to eat healthy, but trying to eat healthy on the road is the hardest thing ever. But that's why I really want to help people in that space of traveling and fitness, because I find that people fall off the most 
mm-hmm. in their health when they travel. Oh, girl, that yeah. is the truth. Do you know how many times mm-hmm. I've not only myself said it, but I've heard other women that are like, oh, my gosh, I gained another five to 10 pounds just because I went on this vacation again. But it's like if we understood the education mm-hmm. around what it looks like to be able to maintain, still enjoy yourself and travel yeah. and still keep your body and your mind and your nutrition right. Girl, you unlock something very big for women who like to do the traveling and who like, even if it's just a very uh, like specific time frame, like it's not someone that typically travels as much as, as you do, even if you're just looking for like, okay, how in the hell am I going to stay fit and go on this vacation, but also not restrict myself? Cause that's, we don't want to restrict ourselves on vacation, but you have found a way. Exactly. Yeah. You have found a way that allows women to tap into both sides. Like you don't have to have this or that, like you can have both and let me teach you how, right? Exactly. Oh my gosh. Exactly. And that's, and and, yep. And that's, and that's what, that's, that's really one I want to, that what I want to do is help people not just see themselves traveling, but how do I see myself traveling and still having this, this dream body that I worked the past six months to get because I wanted to go on this trip. Like, how do I, how do I accomplish those goals, but still have turn up on my trip? you know, do what I want to do, you know, eat and drink within moderation, but come home and don't feel guilty for going on a trip because I gained the weight back. Absolutely. I hear, I, I, I feel like I'm sensing like you need self-control and you just need to know like what are the right things and how you can incorporate it into your time and be committed to the process of it. Right. Yeah. Cause you don't want to squander, yeah. like you said, yeah, absolutely. like six and months. Then also- yeah, you don't want to exactly. squander like six months of all of that. Like- and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, great. Now, now I'm back up. Now I got to work just as hard as I did these <laughs> last six months to get it back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I think a lot of women, well, people, but women, especially a lot of women are really just working out to go somewhere or to, mm-hmm. or to like their goal is I, I want to work out because I'm trying to go to Tahiti in September. Okay. That's cute. But why don't you just look good because you just want to look good 24 seven, no matter what time of the, you know, no matter where you're going, what, you know, summer is coming up or it's winter. Like, why can't you just do it? But I think, you know, to your point, it's about, you know, just that, that mental state really just knowing that like, okay, I have to put my mind myself in this mindset that, okay. Yeah. I may not be going nowhere for the six next six months, but you know, I'm not going to stop that from you know, me getting shape and be healthy. But also for those of us who have those underlying health conditions or those that family history, you know, preventing those ailments from happening long term, because I'm focusing on it right now. Absolutely, girl. And I think something that really hit me in my own journey is fitness is the one is one of the one things that you can do solely for yourself, that nobody else can do for you, or that you can put time in that is solely just you. You know, when I, when I had my son, the first like 18 months, I lost myself completely, let myself go and really got lost in the role of being a mom. And then when I started working out, I started feeling better. I started sleeping better. Not that there's much sleeping in the early stages of motherhood. I don't know if that really ever changes to be honest, but, (laughs) um, being able to like put that time in for myself and then seeing results, seeing the results of my hard labor on a body that I'm solely working for. I was like, it's addicting as all hell. 
<laughs> it sure is, man. You get so addicted when you when you're doing something that you love doing. Mm. And um, for me, it wasn't about let me let me get in shape to impress people on the internet. I could care less about people on the internet. It was really, it was really let me do this for myself because I look back at times where I were where I was my heaviest, and I and I always tell myself and I and I say it to this day, man. I wish somebody would have really told me that mm. I was you know I looked like that. And you know and. And it's so funny because when people lose weight, we're so quick to say, oh my gosh, you're getting too small. But when people start to gain weight, I know you, you, you want to be mindful of people's feelings, but I feel like everyone needs that one person that they can just have open, honest, candid conversations with mm-hmm. and say, look, girl, you know, I was looking, I was going through some old pictures and something ain't looking right. You, you know, you put on a few pounds, but not just telling you or judging you, like, how can I help you get to where you need to be or what's going on? one thing to just say, Hey girl, you're getting fat, but Hey girl, you know, I noticed a change in your health, you know, let's, what can we do together to, to, to get you back on track? And I'm that person that's going to help people do that. (laughs) Yes, girl. I love that. I love that you have let your journey become something that can inspire other women to obtain the unattainable in fitness and in travel and just owning who you are as a black woman like that is so empowering in itself and girl like I already see something in the future some collaboration happening besides hey, this podcast hey. okay mm. <laughs> yes. so okay so then what is like what's the, here's the thing I think that when you start working out that it is not easy. Like when you started, you were like, yes, day one, I'm going to get in the gym and I'm going to stay consistent every single day. Like, were you, were you that type that were just like ready from get go? Or were you like, okay, I know I need to do this. So I'm going to start doing it. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of people out there that want to start working out, but they don't want to. Like I kind of fell in love in the process of becoming that best version of myself through fitness. So would you say that you kind of find yourself there or were you just like ready to go day one? Um, no, I wasn't ready to go day one. I just knew it was something that needed to be done. I'm like, oh, this is what the adults on TV do. They all go to the gym. So I guess that's what I should do to start. So I was not in love with day one. I was like, oh, I was just so self-conscious. Like everyone's going to be looking at me or staring at me. You know, I'm going to have bad form. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. Like, I'm just a person who was used to going outside and running on the track or doing some push-ups or some crunches. Like I had never used like fitness equipment. So I'm like, this is intimidating. So, you know, I think one thing that, that helped me was um, finding either, whether it be someone you follow on Instagram, you know, that, that has that, that, that posts about fitness or any social media outlet that actually shows tutorials on how to do certain things, find that person. Or if it's a friend of yours, that you know, be your accountability partner, you don't even have to live in your same state or even the mm-hmm. same country. You Listen, FaceTime is free. You can FaceTime someone and they can, they can walk you through how to do the workout. Like YouTube yeah. is, is free. Like there's so many free options, but then also finding what works best for you. For some people it's going to the gym. That's, that's my thing. I'm not a home. I do home workouts when I have to, but I, I have like squirrel brain, like, squirrel, <laughs> like I can't focus working out in the house. I just cannot do that. Same, same. I do it every day, but like can't do it. Yeah. So finding what works best for you. Some people it's going to the gym and doing cardio. If that's your thing. Do it. Some people it's going to fitness classes. I find that 
So this class is a great, like, I'm not the biggest group fitness person because I'm so, I like to work out. I'm like a guy when it comes to working out. I want to work out by myself. Like I want to do my own thing. But there's some classes I've been to and I'm like, man, this class is lit. Like it's, there's been some spin classes or some cardio kickboxing classes that I'm like, man, this was a lot of fun. So really just finding what works for you and what like, if your thing is going to Zumba and you're like, you go there for the first time, you're like, man, I love it. Keep going back. Because mm-hmm. trust me, you're going to fall in love with it and you're going to, you're going to want to eventually be the instructor and then it's going to, exactly. you know, and then it's going to help you. It's going to help pave or build your confidence up so that one day you might say, you know what, I'm tired of doing just cardio. I want to upgrade and do weights. But mm-hmm. the fact that you did something in there that you love now it's, it's allow you to, to, to experience or just with other, you know, things and, you know, you know, tools and equipment and agenda that you're like, okay, well, I can do all of this. If I can dance and twerk in front of 50 ladies, I can surely <laughs> pick up some, some barbells out here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. Yeah, I always think when I think of health, I always think that healthy looks different for everyone. Wellness looks different for everyone, but just have an open mind to start trying different things. And as, as, long, as far as like your services go that you want to help women with, is the accountability and helping them know what it's like to use certain weights or equipment or things like that in the gym. That's something that you, that you 100% can help people with. Yeah. Absolutely. And I've already started. So, you know, website coming soon, but I already have um, clients that, that I've been working with. And it's great because now that we're in this virtual space, you know, you don't have to be where someone is to, to help them, to help them reach their goals. Like all you need is a, a phone, time, WhatsApp, whatever your, your outlet is. That's all you need. Zoom and have that conversation. One, find out what the person, what they suffer, suffer from. And I'm not saying like an ailment, but like, you know, what is, what's holding you back from reaching your goals? That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. You know, some people, they just, they just have bad eating habits for some people. They might just be scared to go to the gym because they don't know what to do, but finding out what it is for that person is what I do, but then also finding out what's going to work best for them to help them reach their goal. Not in a, you know, not a fad diet where you lose 20 pounds in one month and you reach your goal, but really what's going to be, a, what, what can you sustain long-term mm. and how can I help you get how it's going to be a lifestyle change for you. So that's really my goal is to help people change, you know, you know, want the lifestyle change. So that way you can say, man, like I, I look like this and I've, you know, looked like this for the past 10 years because in 2021, Toby helped me. Yes. Yes. You want to make that lasting impact. And I think a very important thing that you said was sustainability. Like how can we sustain this lifestyle? Because as we both know, you and I are both into health and fitness, but it's like, it's not something that you can just temporarily do, which is why fad diets and jumping in and out of different things didn't work. It doesn't work. It just does not work. It's about finding it and tailoring yourself to find something that works for you in a way that you enjoy. Cause if you don't enjoy it, it's not going to be sustainable. And I love that that's something that you're helping women navigate towards too. Cause I don't think that there's enough women out here advocating for that. I mean, yeah, when you go on social media, you're like, Oh, just another fitness person, but it's like, no, everybody tailors it differently. And it sounds like you make these programs so specific to your clients, which I think is beautiful. Absolutely. And I think for me, what helps me or what helps me you know, capture the clientele that I have or the ones that I wish to, you know, to get in the future is that I've been there before. You, mm-hmm. you know, some some people on social media or, or wherever or trainers, some of them have just been in shape their entire life, which is great, mm-hmm. you know, but right. yeah, you know, I'm someone who 
who, you know, just, I'm just on the larger side, naturally, my family's on a larger side, naturally, and I've, and I've struggled with it. So I'm not only someone I can help you, but I'm someone who I'm someone who's been there, who's, who's went through a lot of failures, you know, who's, who's been up and down in weight, and who's went through those moments where I'm like, crap, I'm just gonna, I guess I'll just be fat for the rest of my life. You know, I'm that person. So I can, I can help people because I understand what it feels like. I know what it feels like physically. I know what it feels like mentally and emotionally because I have been there and I'm not perfect today. So I still have those moments of doubt or moments where I'm like, crap, did I really just eat that? You know, like, but <laughs> I, but I bounce back. That's the thing is like, how do you bounce back from those things? Like, we're not going to be perfect. Everyone's going to slip up. I, hell, I had a croissant earlier, but I sure took, <laughs> yes, I sure took my butt to the gym right afterwards. yeah but it's really you know how do we how do we bounce back and who's going to be our accountability partner and you know what does that perfect we're never going to be perfect but what does my dream body look like and how do I get there Mm -hmm. yeah and for some people it could be I want the big booty some people could be like look I'm just trying to drop 10 pounds have a healthy heart rate have a better blood pressure exactly and be good with it right and yeah, it sounds yeah. like you definitely have the experience and the empathy, the empathy to really like resonate with someone that like, I'm not just trying to tell you what to do because like, it's just something that I believe in. Like I've been where you are, I've been there. And when you really connect with someone who understands you, cause it's one thing if you can empathize but when they understand you because they've been there it's a whole different ball game. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a whole different ball game because you can help them but you can also call them out on their BS mm-hmm. um, because some, <laughs> some people need that. And like, for yes. example, like one of, one of my clients, she says, she says, I like working with you because you keep it real with me. You know, you, you don't, you don't enable me like my friends and family around me. Like if I do something wrong, you call me out on it, but mm-hmm. in a, in a, in a tasteful way. And that's yeah. all it, that's all that matters. It's not just, you know, you, you make people hold themselves accountable. You make it so that, you know, when, when before they go pick it that Twinkie, they think twice. Like, damn, what would Toby say if I ate this? <laughs> Good, yes. And it's, and it's just the truth. But then, but then eventually, it's not even what I say. I want them to get to the point of, damn, what would I say about myself if I eat this? Yes, being able to call yourself out on that bullshit. But it takes it takes a community. It takes somebody who's willing to hold you accountable for that. So I love that because really, when you're trying to achieve any kind of goal any kind of goal at all, success in anything, Mm -hmm. someone holding you accountable saying, Hey, this is what I want to do. Will you please help me make sure and check up on me and make sure I do that. And so sometimes we, we need those coaches. We need those, those people in our lives to ensure that that's happening. So like, okay, absolutely. So then what would you say for someone who is struggling in their fitness game, like besides just finding something that works for them, like how do you combat like the mental part of it, right? Because I feel like it's all, it's way more mental than it is physical because our bodies are capable of doing goddamn nearly anything that we really want to. But what do you think, like, what would be your go like, guidance for someone who just cannot get past a head block yeah I think self-sabotage is Mm. one of the biggest like things that people feel when it comes to you know getting healthy and losing weight and just getting over that mental space where you're like you know I I feel defeated there's no way I'm going to get this or reach these goals I say some you know some tips or advice that I have to help overcome those things 
first and foremost at the scale, because, you know, that's, I think for a lot of us that are trying to lose weight, the scale is the biggest detractor. Mm -hmm. And that's the one thing that will tell you that you basically haven't been doing shit for the past week, but you know, you've been working your butt off. So one, if you have one thing I I did back before COVID, I literally put in like the, the, the storage office. Like it wasn't even in my house. Like I took my scale to work <laughs> in a storage closet because I was tired of getting on it and saying that before I really understood like, you know, the whole high and fat percentage. So I was gaining pounds, like numberly understanding because I was gaining muscle. So I would always get defeated like crap. I'm just going to go, go to Popeye's because I've gained five pounds anyway. So what's the point? Uh, so scale is your biggest attractor and, and it's good to get on a scale. I'd say maybe, you know, once a month, once every couple of weeks, or when you get to a point where you feel like you're at your goal, if you want to do it every day, that's on you, but right. you know, get rid of that scale first and foremost, only do it, you know, when you need to check in. I love that. I think that's one, huge so that's because- gonna, you know, that mental, no, go ahead. Oh, I think that's huge because okay, so yeah, women um, are just crazy. obsessed with uh, the scale. We're obsessed with numbers, what our pan size is, what size shirt we're putting on, how old we are. Like, I don't know what it is, but we obsess about these numbers and omitting the scale is a huge, I feel like that's so, that's such a good tip for anybody. And also we're women. So our hormones, our water weight fluctuates on a daily. So what you lose over one night and let's say like you're working hard and you lose five pounds, it's like more times than not, it's probably water weight. And then you beat yourself up when you weigh yourself again. And you're like, oh, hell, what happened to that five pounds I just lost, you know? Yeah. So absolutely. I'd say another, another thing that I um, like mentally that helps me is, is really just social media, not, not Mm. consuming myself in social media, because I think mentally we are on social media so much and we see these images of these people that just look perfect we not knowing that they could just be blessed you know with the, with that body naturally or they could have gotten you know the enhancements or they could have just been working their butt off for the past 10 years like you or I you don't yeah. know but um I think really just trying to get out of that headspace like damn the internet is making me feel like crap right now the internet is calling me out um so if you're going to be on the internet like and if your goal is let's say to to lose weight I made it a point to only follow people that were in my, my vision, um, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause, because if, if I'm following someone who is just someone who's been you know, 90 old life and they're just going to the gym, yeah, that's cute. But what does that do for me? Like, I want to follow people that have gone through the same journey from like, like me. So if you want to really help your mental focus on people and insights and, and just figures that, that have been, you. that's how, you know, like, okay, it's achievable. It's attainable. This person is realistic. So let me, let me follow this person's journey as opposed to following the supermodel's journey, mm. you know, and there's nothing wrong with the supermodel, but again, fit, you know, meet people where they are, meet yourself where you are, follow people that is going to help you. That's going to motivate you get to where they are because they've been where you were be- are now and they're, they're where you want to be. Yeah. You, again, you just want it to resonate with you. You want it to resonate with you. And if it's going to, if I feel like at any time, social media and in any instance starts having you really question who you are in a way that is unhealthy, where you're obsessively thinking about it, you're comparing yourself, like, am I be- am I good enough? And you're asking yourself these questions that devalue you, yourself, then that's a big red flag 
to hit the unfollow button or remove or block or whatever you got to do to make sure that you keeping yourself right. Yeah. And then my last advice for like just helping your mental state when you're working on health, health is, is, and fitness is, is really, you know, making realistic goals. And when I say goals, like when I first started, like let's say 10 years or so ago, when I would work out, I'd be like, man, if I lose five pounds this month, I'm going to reward myself by going to Fogo de Chao, which now I look back at it. I'm like, so I did all this work to lose this five pounds at the restaurant at the end of the month. So, so mentally you get defeated when you do things like that. It's like, yeah, that's cute. I went and splurged and I had a great dinner, but I just gained all that weight back, you know? So really, if you're going to make goals, make realistic goals, it's not going to make you feel Mm -hmm. bad afterwards. So it could be something as simple as like, you know, I'm going to, you know, go buy this new outfit for myself because I, I lost this weight. So you mentally, it's going to, it's going to tell you, man, I really want to get this outfit, but I'm not going to, I'm going to save my money right now, but work on my body. So that way, when I lose this 10 pounds that I want to lose, I can finally purchase those, that outfit or purchase those shoes or, you know, or go on that trip that I wanted to go on. Mm -hmm. So really that helps your mental when you think about your goals and you have a vision and it's realistic, smart goals, you know, then that's definitely going to help your mental as opposed to just saying, Hey, I'm gonna lose this weight and then I'm gonna go eat. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And smart. It's not smart meaning like smart, but smart meaning like the acronym smart, right? Absolutely. Okay. Which is Uh, smart goals. So specific, measurable, um, is it, attainable, realistic, and timely. Timely. Yes, girl. Yes, 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 yes. All those things. I love that. Yeah. It's about celebrating those wins because what are you really working for when you're not giving yourself something to celebrate at the end because you deserved it? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, with that, I would say fitness is not hard, but it's also not the easiest thing. Really find what works for you. You know, Mm -hmm. Don't go, don't go from sitting on a couch to trying to be Miss Olympia tomorrow because you're going to injure yourself, but really (laughs) ease your, ease your way into it at your own pace. Right. Uh, And then also find a community. And again, you don't like, I understand things like gym memberships or personal trainers, they could be costly. So everyone's on their own budget, but Mm -hmm. there's so many free resources out there. Mm. Take advantage of those free resources. Find that one friend who is serious about, you know, health and fitness or reach out to myself if you want to. And, yes. and really just, just ask, it's, it's the first step is just asking for help. That's the first step is admitting that you want to be helped. And, and secondly, asking for someone to help you along the way within your journey. Oh gosh. And it's so hard. I think we make it very hard for ourselves to be okay with leaning into people who want to help us. I know I suffer with that myself is mm-hmm. a lot of times it's like, if someone's like, Oh, let me help you by watching your son. So you can do X, Y, Z. I'm like, Oh no, it's okay. I got it. And then I beat myself up later because it's like, I just overextended myself when I would, if I could have just surrendered to allowing someone to help me, it could have been Mm -hmm. much easier because there are people like you, Toby, who are just so willing and ready to like do whatever you need to do because you work full time and you still willing to pour yourself into people, which just shows how much, not only are you passionate, but how selfless you are in the work that you do, which I just admire so much. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. I just really want to to inspire and, you know, help other people along the way. Women, especially women of color, women know that girl, you can, you can look good. You can take that trip. 
you can have, you can, you can live your best life and you could still work a full-time job or be a business owner, or whatever it is that you're doing, you can yes. still do all those things and be a boss. Yes. Yes. And that is why we call her Toby Beyonce, y'all. That's why we call her Toby yes. Beyonce. Do not get <laughs> twisted. Okay. So if you could leave a last bit of advice for any of our listeners, uh, what would that be just based on like what you stand by the travel, the fitness, you know, pushing through adversity, like what is something you would leave us with? Um, I would say, don't let your, your past experiences, or if you didn't have the greatest childhood, don't let that determine your future. Mm. Know that there is always a light at the end of the tunnel, but most importantly, you know, surround yourself with the community and those people, even if it's just one or two people, that's going to help you through those tough times and help you overcome adversity. But most importantly, you know, figure out where you want to be. And granted, we're still, every day I wake up, I'm still trying to figure out where I want to be long term. Yes. You know, <laughs> every day. Yeah, exactly. But really just, just create those goals, whether it be writing down, have that vision board, whatever it is for works for you and say, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to get. And this is, you know, this is how I'm going to get there. And no, you won't be perfect along the way. You're going to have some, you know, mishaps, but again, how do you bounce back from that? So that's the biggest thing. I love that. Create that vision and execute. Love and be gentle with yourself because we all know that it's not Mm -hmm. easy. It's okay to fall back and get back up and make sure you got someone to hold you accountable. So, okay. Well, at the end of every one of my podcasts, y'all, we get into this or that. I want to sing like Aaliyah back, back, back and forth. Cause you know, you're going back and forth between these questions. Forth and forth. <laughs> yeah, girl. <laughs> and so um, what I like to do here is just let the audience get to know you just a little bit better and get a little bit personal, have a little bit of fun. So we can create this game called this or that. So I'm going to just give you some, some options here and you're going to pick which one you would rather go, go for. You ready, girl? You ready? I'm okay. down. Let's go. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah. My son's in the background, y'all. He's He has to pop in. He's like, <laughs> mom, you've been on that podcast way too long. What's going on? <laughs> um, all right, girl. So cardio or weights? Weights all day. <laughs> yeah, girl. Girls, I lift heavy mm-hmm. up in this bitch. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, visit. Uh, visit your past or visit your future? Mm. this is my future I'm, I'm excited I'm looking forward to what that's going to look like yeah okay uh sweet or savory sweet yes my girl uh airbnbs or hotels airbnbs uh let's see beach or cabin beach I told you I'm trying to <laughs> yeah because you want to be showing off that body we can't be containing it in a cabin exactly it can't be covered up <laughs> um are you a night owl or early bird night owl trying to get out of it but i'm such a night owl same same uh let's see okay would you rather be happy and content not achieving much or never satisfied and achieve a lot um I'm the ultimate Virgo, so I'm never satisfied, but achieve a lot. <laughs> yes. So you got that perfectionist vibe too. That's 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 AKA that's AKA imposter syndrome. 
<laughs> oh girl, we could start a whole nother podcast talking about that. Um, let's see what else. Okay, African safari or like over the water bungalow? Mm, that's, a, that's a tough one. All right, so I, it's two parts. Okay, if if I'm with a group of friends, we go on a safari. But if it's me and Bay, we're doing a bungalow. Yeah, okay. I'll see where you go with that. Okay, last one. This is not really this or that, but I want to know what is the your favorite place you've traveled to and why? Mm. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I would have to say Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, where I went for carnival in 2019. And I say why is because I literally myself like two weeks before carnival, I'm like, man, I've always wanted to go to a carnival, especially in Brazil. So I went and got a ticket on, and I went and booked it and went by myself. And I had the most amazing time. Like friends to this day, I'm still close friends with a lot of people that I met when I went there. And it was probably one of the most fun experiences because not only did we just go there and just submerge, I submerged myself in the whole carnival culture. Like, you know, we did things like classes you know we went to Bellas which is like you know the equivalent of going to the slums and met the people there did you know you know met the kids in the community it was it was amazing so I would say that was one of my most memorable trips. Girl talk about manifestation with action you thought about something you envisioned what it was like and two weeks later it was done it was done absolutely Toby girl (laughs) I just love you. You have a piece of my heart since the first day that I met you. And I appreciate you spending time with us. Can you tell the people where we can find you? Where can we find you? How can we get connected with your amazingness? Absolutely. So on social media platforms, you can reach out to me. Um, It's just my name, Toby, T-O-B-I, Hassan. On Instagram, it's at Toby, underscore, um, you can email me at toby.hassan at gmail.com also. And then, um, you know, soon, sooner than later, I will be having a website that's going to launch. So you guys can also contact me via website if you, you know, want some, some need any services on health and fitness, need any advice or even itineraries, which I can provide as well for trips also. Um, I can do that also. So feel free to reach out to me anyway. Yes, girl. Thank you so, 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 so much. I am so honored and privileged just to spend this time with you. I love you all the way from the 303. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and I can't wait till I get to see you again. I'm sorry, it was, it was probably cold out there. I know. I'm sorry, it's probably cold out there. It was only 80 degrees here today. Sorry. <laughs> oh, just rubbing. It was nice today, actually. It was like in the 50s. <laughs> nice that's that's cute (laughs) i love that i love that all right girl well you enjoy the rest of your night thank you everybody for listening until next time bye everyone